This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. What a wild weekend. Yes, sir. In the sports world, anyways. And I've never claimed to be this big NFL football guy, but... Man, oh man, did I like watching football on the weekend. And, of course, that ties into a a, a real intense hockey game by the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Boston Bruins. But watching the Bills hang on, Sammy, and the Bengals needing a 99-yard turnover to to solidify their win, man. That that was a fun weekend. Uh, Yeah, and it was actually perfect because the Leafs game on Saturday night went up against Chargers and um, Chargers and Jaguars. And during the game, the Chargers were just kicking the crap out of the... So I kind of was like, oh, I don't need to flick back to that. Yeah. That game's over. Me and Bunk record Leafs talk after the Bruins. And I'm like, oh, well, I'll just, you know, I'll check. I was like, oh, it's 27-14 now. It's a little bit more of an interesting match. And then I got to watch that whole comeback. So it worked out perfectly on the Saturday night. Sammy hit a 14 parlay over the weekend to yeah. nail them all. Wow. My, yeah, my I do a... Every wild card weekend, I do a four-game, uh, four-gamer, usually a pretty chalky one with a lot of favorites, bit of a square parlay, to be sure, but <laughs> hit it this week, had, uh, had the four guys right. So it's a great weekend. What a difference the sun makes, boys. I know. So as much as we get throughout the week of, of games, NHL games, mm. like, can you get away with uh, football on the weekend? <laughs> like, I'm watching, it's a one o'clock <laughs> Buffalo game, yeah. and then it's like, okay, is it over? Can we go out now and, and do something? And I'm like, well, there's a four o'clock game. I, I think Sammy tweeted or sent our group like, looking forward to rotting on the couch for eight hours. I was like, oh, are you? My kids you are get away three with that? And, my kids are six and two. No, 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 no chance. chance. Eh? No, we're sledding. We skated at Glenwood Park. We went to his hockey practice. He had a sleepover. My wife around 1230 on Sunday, she's like, I got to run some errands. I'll probably be back around five or six. I'm like, oh, you're <laughs> leaving? You no. Know. You're leaving? Just please stay. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like in my underwear watching football for eight hours. Oh, wait to 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> underwear will be optional. <laughs> it always is. Kid. That's the start of the relationship and the end of the relationship. Uh, well, we're glad. We are glad everybody's aboard and uh, we're going to have a great week. Uh, Real Kipper and Bourne, Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandale. General Nick Sammy McKee all week long wherever you are uh, wa- watching or listening Sportsnet 590 The Fan YouTube, Spotify, iTunes fun weekend turns into a fun week let's start with Saturday night Toronto Maple Leafs and the Boston Bruins I wrote an article about uh, maybe a couple weeks ago when I when I started talking about the chances of catching the Boston Bruins yep. not, not uh, impossible but not probable now, would you say impossible? Nah, listen, it's, it's the NHL in 2023. 10-game yeah. uh, win streaks, 10-game losing streaks. I don't see that for the Boston Bruins. Right. But the one thing that I did mention also was where would the Leafs' focus would be. I I zeroed in on establishing a number one goaltender. I, we're still not, I think, real close to, to locking anything in. Uh, and we'll get into Matt Murray's yeah. performance Saturday night. Okay. Uh, but the other one was that the importance of the next couple of games against the Boston Bruins and I think one more against Tampa. Mm-hmm. I, I mentioned that I want to see 
ex- uh, what those brings, what those games can bring out of the Toronto Maple Leafs, what we can learn from those games, yeah. uh, the the excitement, the intensity level. For me, uh, Saturday night did not disappoint. Great game. I, that was really fun. Really it felt like that. It had that vibe that you like, you know, gave playoff us, vibe. Gave us everything we wanted. Yes. With still a lot of time to go before Minus the, the playoffs. result, of course. So where do you want, where, where do you want to start on on what you saw out of Saturday night that uh, I think that gave you and uh, did it give you a good indication of of where the Leafs are at? Yeah, I think we should do big picture takeaway and if it changed anything for you. For me, watching that game, um, I felt good about the Leafs. You know, like I, I left the game feeling like okay, that's you know they're they're in that realm of team, but they ain't there. And so I left immediately feeling like, where is the ad got to be? Where, where does it have to be? Does it need to be another left winger? Does it need to be a defenseman? TJ Brody goes down and all of a sudden it's Morgan Riley and Connor Timmons. And you're looking through your fingers again, like it's Jake Gardner and Cody CC and whoever. I, I, I go back to needing a defenseman where the debate has been, where do they need to add? For me, I left the game feeling like there needs to be an ad for sure. I think the bones are there for yes. the Leafs to beat the Boston Bruins in a playoff series. I think they need have, a renovation. They have, yeah, they got a good, <laughs> you know, they got a great, you know, two bed, two bath. It needs a little bit of, <laughs> needs a little bit of upkeep. I like you. They played them really well. I thought they were the better team in the third period. They had a really great pushback after the second period where they got caved in. I just, I don't think they can hold up against that team over a seven game series no. the way they're presently constituted. And I don't think that's to take away. From the Leafs that much because they've the lost five games all year. They're doing the that. The Bruins are really good. And I will add, that's, that's a third game in four nights for the Leafs, too. That's not nothing. Your takeaway, Kipper. Yeah, uh, that, uh, that, yeah, I'm with you. The Leafs are close. Yeah. But there is something missing. And the one thing that kind of stood out after the game that is really consistent, and this even goes far beyond Sheldon Keefe. And Kyle Dubas, and even Brendan Shanahan, that the Leafs can still find a way to shoot themselves in the foot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that to me is a concern. That Timmons turnover to Pasternak is Alex Galchenyuk all over again for me. The, I, like just a young guy elevated in a spot he's not ready for. Too much, too soon. That was a that was a tough pill to swallow. There were some expletives in uh, my living room when yeah. that happened. It, it's just not a play you can make. Like you got an, it's a fast game out there. I understand, but like, the blind spin around to your D partner who's a hundred feet away from you. The risk reward is is it's a terrible, terrible relationship. Um, oh damn it! What was I going to say? I forget. Listen, we we got almost two hours here. Yeah, <laughs> that's never been a problem for you. I so know. why don't we go to Sheldon Keep get his overview of the game, and then we'll pick it up on Timmons and while Sammy can think about Timmons first on Saturday night, I'll, I'll go to Tavares and Nylander uh, before I go to Timmons on my concerns Saturday night, but let's go to Sheldon Keefe for the first Kippers Clipper of the week. Well, two things. I mean, I think the big thing obviously is that we know we can play with any team in the league can do it on the road you can do it you know three games and four nights and all those kind of things at the same time you know you 
Uh, you can't beat yourself when you're playing any team in the league, for that matter. But a team of this caliber, you know, you can't you can't give them freebies, and we did. So uh, there's certainly you know, two two big things to take away from us here today. One, well, really, frankly, both very positive because uh, you know we you got to learn these lessons. You know, sometimes the hard way, and you you know you like to think our group is is past some of these things, but clearly not. But you know, you got to smack right in your face tonight. Yeah, and that's what you're talking about, right? It is. I just as as far as this uh, the urgency to change that narrative, it's almost as if if we went back to 2013 and. And counted the the number of times that a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs have have uttered those words that uh, we we got to learn those lessons, mm-hmm. and yet here you are in year six of a of a build, and you're still uttering those words when you're months away from starting your last chance to get out of a first round. Yeah, is a little concerning for me. Yeah, That's all. I, you know, I I, I wish you would have come down harder on a few people. Yeah, I, I kind of go b- both ways on that. You know, like you're going to make mistakes in a hockey game. I don't expect them to say, "Okay, we used to make mistakes, and now we're going to play a perfect game against the Boston Bruins." There's going to be mistakes, but not big ones. Yeah, not glaring. Yeah, big ones. That's all. Morgan Riley to me has been a dog since he's come back from injury, and I say that knowing and expecting that there's more to come on, on the upside he's had coming back from injury. He's been thrown all sorts of D partners, right? Like all over the map, but usually some of the, the defensive errors, the stuff you're talking about come with an offensive upside where you're like, you live with the de- this stuff. Cause he does this going the other way. I'm not seeing anything on the offensive side of the puck for Riley, but defensively, I mean, turnovers, getting beat, like the one where he turns it over and then Timmons makes a bad read and he doesn't get back on his guy. That, to me, is a big concern because th- this is your top guy, right? This is your Victor yeah. Hedman or your McAvoy or Lindholm or your your top guy has got to be your top guy, you, and he's not a top guy right now. You shouldn't be thinking about how you're going to figure out how to use your highest paid defense. Right. How do we deploy this guy that we feel like now we have to protect? That You have to give him TJ Brody now. Mm-hmm. I, I can't argue with anything I've heard. And uh, I go to the first minute and a half where mm. you're forcing Matt Murray to make that great save, great save. on Marchand. Mm-hmm. And if, if you go back and, and, you, and you watch it, you know, um, there's... There's Tavares, there's Nylander, they're heading up ice. Um, there's just there's just no reason to give up that big of a glaring opportunity a minute and a half in. No. So two things I, I want to bring up. Um, one is the idea of starting David Camp's line. Like you have your whole team, you're in Boston, big game against the Bergeron Marchand line, and you get hemmed in for the first minute. Um, and then the other thing is just Keith's quick trigger pulls on line changes in games. Sometimes like this is either of those catch your fancy is something you'd like to talk about first. Well, even, even Tavares's inability to win faceoffs in the offensive zone on power plays is really like you lose the draw. 
you're 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 down to a minute and a half on a power play. Yeah. It's it's been an ongoing thing. He has he's having troubles in the offensive zone. I'd go to camp on a face off right now. You're just yeah. you're you're a glutton for punishment if this guy does not have it in the offensive zone for faceoffs. Mm-hmm. Get him out. It's unusual too cuz he, he he's really, been pretty good for I think I I thought he struggled yeah. Saturday night. I thought Bergeron kind of fed him a little bit Saturday night, including his Bergeron's goal where it's a, you had the puck in the neutral zone mm-hmm. and you lose the battle along the wall to him and then he's able to get to the net because Morgan got caught flat-footed as well and yeah. Nylander's up on the ice thinking they were going the other way. Yeah, and maybe that brings us to the line change then where Matthews and Marner get reunited. But, you know... We talked about their success this season, a lot of it being patient in close games and sticking to the plan and being okay with it being 2-2 or whatever the score is and just kind of trusting your team to find a way through. And I I know that the line change, uh, you know, Matthews and Marner go back together. They have success. Matthews scores the goal, a pretty good third period out of that line. I just hate the idea that the second it's tough, in a tough environment, in a pressure situation, it's immediately the first 41-game plan is out the window and we just got to put it back with Matthew Smarter together. Like, you know, to me, let it breathe here. Let's see. We want to see how the, they match up against the Bruins. Immediately, you're right back yeah. to the plan. You're a one-line team. Yeah, and yeah, I don't disagree with you at all there. It's so quick to me, and, and Keith does this. But we, we, we know, and we've talked about this, that when the the chips are down. He will put Matthews and Marner together. Well, and now We've it feels inevitable that's that. going to be the playoffs. You're going to see Matthews and Marner as a line in the playoffs. Because it's his safety net. Yeah. It's, his, it's well, his baby blanket. If, if, I'm, if I'm also feeling that that's a good thing for the Leafs, I'm, I'm watching Saturday night and I'm watching Tavares throw a pizza up the middle of the ice. Mm-hmm. and Out of a set breakout and, with a minute and a half left. And, and Nylander's Jeez. already up the ice as well. Like, go watch... Go watch what happens the moment Tavares turns the puck over in the neutral zone. The reaction time to come back in your own zone yeah. off of a off of a, a, a broken play, it wasn't clean. It wasn't like you turn the puck over, you got caught flat-footed, it's in the net. The, it was there, a bobbled pass. You could see there it was, was a bobble pass, and then it got run around. Yeah. Go look at the time that the puck got turned over. And how long it took Nylander to get back mm-hmm. and where he came back to was in no man's land. That's why Matt Grizzlick ended up so wide open mm-hmm. and was able to step in 10 feet into a slap shot. You think Nylander came back too deep? Five guys on one side. Nylander came back and was in the middle of nowhere, had nobody, mm-hmm. had no idea who to cover. All he needed to do was stay on the side that he was on as a winger, mm-hmm. and, and and get to Grizzlick. To, was he the guy in Grizzlick's lane or supposed to be in his lane? Go watch it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Go, take a quick peek at it. And, and yes, the answer is yes. Yeah. He's, he's the only guy I thought that could come back and, and, and cover that portion of the ice. Yeah. They didn't need five guys to overload one side and then have Grizzlick step in 20 feet into yeah. a slap shot. But that was, that again is guys thinking about the game-winning goal. Mm-hmm. And not thinking about managing a clock or getting to a, a 
a three-on-three or even a, a shootout. Yeah. Who was it against this year very early in the season where Justin Hall made the pinch and the, they gave up a late goal instead of just getting it, into overtime? I believe it was the very first game of the season against the Montreal Canadiens where he, right. t- instead of getting it in deep, he fired it towards the net, hits the shin, goes the other way. And I think, was it was it Caulfield that scored the late goal? Somebody scored a late goal against the Leafs in that game. Yeah. All right, let's, let's jump in to Sheldon Keefe on the Boston Bruins, a team, obviously, that uh, he's got to find a way to beat. Yep. Well, they're a good team. They're going to come to close fast. You know, there's not as much time on the ice out there than there is normally. Uh, you're forced to make decisions quicker and execute under pressure, but that's the game, you know. Um, I th- I th- listen, I thought we did a lot of good things in the game today. I thought we, first of all, you, f- you know, against a team that doesn't give up many leads, you tie the game in the third period. I thought we had some opportunities and some time spent in their end. You know, you're right there to, to get points out of it, and we didn't do it. But uh, there's a lot of positive things to take out of the game today. Uh, and there's some not so positive that, you know, we'll, we'll make sure it turn into be productive. All right. Boston closes fast. Yeah. I guess. And, you know, Sammy, you, you made a comment earlier on when we opened up that Timmons has got that tough pass, and he's got Riley 100 feet away. I'm asking you, Where's why Morgan? is Riley 100 feet away? I said the same thing. Why? Sammy and I watched it, and I was like, why is he where he's not in the middle you're, of the ice? You're flat-footed. You're, you're deep is in, uh, in trouble. He's turned his back to you. Okay? He cannot make a pass here to you. Riley's why, close to the top of the far circles there. Why are you there? sitting there hoping that you're going to get a 100-foot pass? It's, not, it's completely fair. And the question I would love to ask Sheldon Keefe about these two gentlemen playing hockey together right now, how did he expect it to go? Yeah. You, like, he, I, don't, I don't know what, like, I know you're kind of undermanned. I guess you have one guy out, so therefore this is what you're going to. But to me, it's, I don't, I think you got to find, I don't want to break up the other pairs. I understand all this stuff. But what was his thought process going into this pairing? I know. Coach I, is going to keep his mouth shut. I, I bet you his answer to you would be that these are, you know, experimental times or times to figure it out, and they wanted to see how we would do. They didn't know. They didn't expect it to go well. They didn't expect it to go poorly. They just wanted to see what his ceiling is, and this is past his ceiling. Going to throw your baby into the deep end, and that's exactly this. <laughs> but I'm okay with with some of that in the regular season, where you say, "Let's put this guy in a spot." You know, let's see what he can do. Okay. Put Holmberg as second-line center. Let's see if he can do it. If he can't, then we know he can't. And I think we got an answer there. As, you, you, as long as you're putting people in positions to eventually succeed. Yeah. Not sure he did there, but. You, you want to play the odds of plucking a guy off of Arizona. Oh, yeah. They're looking to see. And then within four months. He is ready to challenge and help you win a Stanley Cup. Like, listen, it's bad. It's bad. It did not work, and it should never have happened. The idea was to leave the other two D pairs the same, right? They liked the other two pairs. Leave Sandy and Lilligren, Hall and Geo. But if you're prioritizing keeping your second and third pair the same yeah. and sacrificing Morgan Riley, not not good. And for me. middle of the ice, just. Poor decisions, middle of the but ice. This isn't Tavares in the him. last minute just needed to bank it off the boards and let Nylander skate into it. Yeah. And he tries to go up the middle of the ice. And it's like, John. I did watch, by the way, Nylander was gone. 
the swing. Thank you. The swing is unbelievable. Yeah. I, I know you guys can't see it, but Nylander's there in the middle, doesn't get it all the way back behind. Listen, yeah. I don't want – Nylander's had a great season. Yeah. By far the best of his career. You watch that and you're like, am I sure I want this guy on in the last minute – of a of a game seven in the first round. You want him turning like a train to come back in your own zone to help out? It was like the Suez Canal, whatever that boat was that got stuck. Do there. you? Do you? No, but I don't want that. I, I also think it's even as good a year as he's had, that question the you want him in the final minute of a third period. I don't I don't necessarily think But this is it. It's gonna be risk reward with the, the same way that you got to play Braden Point or you got to play whoever your guys are. They have to play when the game matters. And if it's overtime, Willie's going over the boards. End of story. Absolutely. But it's it's not all equal. Braden Point's got a better reputation for being defensively responsible. I know. Than I'm just saying your best players have to play. Willie. Right? Like they have to play. They're not going to go with Holmberg in, the, in OT. Because he doesn't do that. Like, so for Willie, it's can you get him to not do that? And if not, this is, you know, you're living and dying with kind of how it goes. We, we, uh, we spoke of the <laughs> minute in save on uh, Brad Marchand that really kind of set a tone, at least for Matt Murray, looking like he's ready for the challenge. Yeah. But... <laughs> What'd you think the rest of the but, night? What'd you think? A couple of goals that everybody says. What's that famous line when nobody wants to, like, hammer a guy? I, he'd like them back. Yeah. How many times in life would you have said, I, I'd like that back? Oh, many, <laughs> many, many. <laughs> give me, give, what's a mulligan cost? Give me a few. All right, let's go to Sheldon Keefe on Matt Murray's uh, Saturday night. Well, I thought, he, I mean, he pulls a couple out of the net, uh, or off the goal line, I should say, that are tappings. We gave them some freebies early on, uh, and he made some saves there for sure. Um, so, you know, you like his game. You know, I think he probably wants goals three and four back, but there's a lot of stuff happening in, in front of him there that shouldn't even allow those shots to get done. You know, my one thought on, this, on the good saves that he made in the game, because he definitely made some really good saves, or that the idea isn't that you make good saves, then you get to trade them in for junkers later. You know, the idea, you know, like that's you're supposed to make these saves, and the good saves are supposed to be above and beyond. The Greer one goes through them. The Grizzlick one you can quibble with, but I don't know. Deep in his net, he's a little deep. Not a huge fan on the Pasternak one either. You know, not a huge fan. It's a, I, like you say, it's a great offensive play. Listen, I will. I'll quibble with a few of the goals, a couple of goals you let in. But that's legitimately one of the best goal scorers in the NHL. Wide open, coming down, not looking, and firing his hardest shot, per, like perfectly five hole, not expecting it. He shoots like, it on the ice. Still, I'm, <laughs> I would like to say, but like I'm not going to kill him for that. One. No, I'm not going to kill no. him, but, but I'm also, also going to go. He also had Marchand on the other side, and yeah. I, I think he was cheating a little bit. He was. Absolutely. And you know how you know he was cheating? Watch the way he falls into the net. Yeah, well, he's collapsing. Right? Yeah. yeah, he's starting well, you, to go that way and then You don't it. fall into the net like that. Th- th- there, for every reason that Sammy just said, you've got the most dangerous shooter right now in the league, one of them. Focus on Maybe worry about the shot. At that moment, you two are the only one in the building. Yeah, if he goes back door, you can look at your teammates. 100%. But you don't... But, you, 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 you stand up and you, you don't fall into the net like you were 
yeah. anticipating anything else except him shooting the puck. But this this is the exact same goal that Murray gave up to. Who was it, Sammy? I asked Connect you. Konechny against yeah. Philly. The on the ice, offside, so, rolls the wrist, just shoots it on the ice, five hole. So can't got bad hands, <laughs> letting in goals five hole all the time. But if, if you hit him in the in the shoulders or on the chest, he's pretty good. Like, these are some concerning trends. I have come to grips with the fact that Matt Murray is at least NHL average, I think. He's not going to win you a game or a series, but I think if you play well enough, he can give you enough saves. I have, to me, he's shown me enough good games where... Nash really was excellent. He won a game on his own. Yeah. But don't, okay. Don't you and think... I think Sheldon said that's the only one all year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> don't you think going into the into a playoff series that the potential is there for this guy to absolutely stand on his head in a really important game. For well, least. he's done it before. That's what I mean. Like, I, I know he has some stinkers and he lets in some bad games, but maybe it's just my stupid Dumbo brain, but I do <laughs> believe in the fact that he has the pedigree to play good in a big game. If Matt know. Murray is more likely, and the chat group can comment on this, if Matt Murray is to influence the game in a major way in the playoffs is it more likely to be with an outstanding performance or a dog of a performance i think both you can go either way i think both i think based on his challenges the last few years i don't think it's a 50 50 i think it's more up that he he won't succeed but that's up to him to change that narrative that's and see, been that following sounds him the like last negativity, while. but it's fair it's fair based yeah. on his track record for three plus years yeah. coming into the season but i also think he's the best that they have right now and i think that there's something to be said about the pressure of going into boston under that environment as a toronto maple yeah. carrying all the baggage that comes with it mm-hmm. so you think between now and uh the next time they play Boston, that you might want to give Samsonov one of those games? It's a great question. Do you think so? I would. And probably, I don't know. How far away are we from that start? Let me look. I think no, it's, it's close. Soon. It's like, two weeks from now. Yeah. Is it in Boston again or is it in Toronto? I time? don't know that answer. I'll look. They but play on a Wednesday two weeks from now. If, you, if we're going in two weeks into February. And February 1st. Leafs Bruins yeah. in Toronto, seven thirty puck drop. Will there be any, will will there be enough time for Sheldon or Kyle or Brendan or whoever's making decisions here to uh, sway the perception that right. Murray's your number one goalie? Yeah. Then the answer is no to Samsonov. But if we are as wide open still as we are now, and you're just you're you're giving into the we are. A one and one A, and we'll go with whoever's hot at this time. Yep. Then you have to give Samsonov that start. The only thing is, okay, so let's say Samsonov shuts down the bees. Great game, you know. Yeah. They get thirty-five shots. He gives up one or two. They yeah. win. Are you then going to go? Well, Samson, like, does that answer your question? Well, no, Samsonov's well, the guy in playoffs. Then he won he, his game. At least he has something to build on. I don't know how uh, uh, the. The last week in, or the first week in April look like? Yeah. Who's who's looking well? Who's looking confident? Who's got some great numbers? Like, the answer is you got to come in with some momentum. Yeah. Somebody's got to come in with some momentum to start game one. Yeah, you may need to scrap the tandem thing by April. The, the one thing, though, Kipper, that lends the, uh, you know, gives why you should play Samsonov in the next game uh, against Boston is that you don't know who's going to be healthy between the two guys. And you want both of them to have had 
played in one of these big games. Sammy, we got we got Boston one more, and we got Tampa Bay, correct? I think Boston two more. Two more? Yeah, I think so. I'm just so it was, yeah, you're right. It was three yeah, uh, April after 6th, Christmas. April 6th in Boston. But that's the last week of the season. We, uh, we yeah. assume that... Would love for that game to matter. We, yeah, we, right. we assume that uh, guys will probably be resting by then. Maybe. We were saying, what's the best case scenario for the Bruins to play in round one? And is it Washington? And just have Tom Wilson go run around and bang them up a little bit for seven games. And the next Tampa Bay Lightning Islanders? game is the second last game of the season. That stinks. Yeah, I agree. But that, I mean, that game could mean home ice. Yeah. Right? Like, these two teams are battling. It could mean home ice. Do you even want to win that game? Know what I mean? Not, not the home ice part, but, like, if it doesn't matter, like, I don't know. All right, That's a good like home ice. Still plenty to chew on here. Uh, Mike Feuda is going to join us in about uh, 15 minutes. We'll get his thoughts on what we saw on the weekend against Boston. And then uh, Colby Armstrong, former NHLer, Sportsnet hockey analyst, co-host of Chicklets Game Notes. I don't even know that what that is. Is that Podcast. like a spinoff? It's a podcast. They mix and match some of the guys. And, okay. And Your massive. refusal to know what people are on who come <laughs> on our show is hilarious. <laughs> I'm sure it's really good. Mr. Colby. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get into all of that, uh, I want to talk to you guys about uh, the physicality that we saw Saturday night and what Wayne Simmons was able to f- provide early against Nick Foligno. And... I, for one, absolutely loved it. What a tilt. Center ice at the B's logo. I was standing in my living room. I was shadow boxing after that, baby. <laughs> but what I don't like about the whole grand scheme of it is that He's it's not, not really what your team's all about. It's not what you're built about. And at the end of the day, Wayne Simmons is one of those players that he's just a part-timer for you, right? He's not an everyday guy. You're not building anything with him you just hand pick your starts with them every two weeks and good on him like seriously there are some guys that i would know who have made the money that he has and say you don't want me on the team anymore mm-hmm. full time yet you're telling you me, me to go fight you want me to go fight now for you on a saturday night yeah no i mean full credit to him it's uh what a show and you know to be there for the team I think we he has made headway with the way he's played in a couple of games to your point about like if you have to play Dryden Hunter Wayne Simmons I know Simmons isn't quite as fast as he used to be and I know just if those are your choices like th- he does give you something right he it, has a it, role yeah, it is it isn't but it's it's selective and I also get the thought that they've probably played this scenario in their heads a thousand times is that we've got to move off of him He's he's not quick. He's yeah. slow to react sometimes. And I think we go, go, the, go pull up the, the, the Greer, Greer goal. goal. Go, he's, go look at it. I he's, looked at it. It's kind of caught in the middle. Can't it, quite reach a puck that ends up little chasing a little bit. Yeah. And then it's in your net. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're caught between a rock and a hard place. They we need, need someone you. like him that isn't him. We, we need you, but we don't need you. Right. We need someone like you. That, exactly. And that, to me, is... Another thing that is so should be so glaring to them is that you've got a high emotion Saturday night game against a huge rivalry, and this guy's bringing the jam for you. But outside of that, 
you want it to carry momentum. You want to keep that passion, that emotion. And you look past Wayne Simmons and you go, okay, who else is on our team now? Like, they're done. They're one and done. Wayne Simmons goes out there and he battles Felino, and they're one and done. Boston, on the other hand, can still go play a more physical game and engage their teams, their their teammates yeah. emotionally. And the Leafs don't have anything like that past Wayne Simmons. No, the Leafs, though, are also not going to be a different team by bringing in one other guy who has that. Like, this is the team that they are to me. And if you want to call that their flaw, then that's their flaw. But I don't think you can change the core makeup. You know, I saw uh, Sammy, you tweeting with uh, Nick Richard and a few other people about how the Bruins main players their active guys are nasty at times and marchands chirping at guys and they'll take it right to you the leafs guys don't do that and that's just who they are and you can win doing that you can we can't say that well sure you can not when it matters they haven't proved that they can this win when it matters not. this group definitely yeah, is so not. tell me so tell me who why why would you say that they can win well, I mean, if you look through the history of the NHL at people who have won Stanley Cups, not every person is a nasty jerk. But there's enough of them. Well, and that's it. You need a couple of them. I think you do. I, I absolutely do. But I, what, what do you, what's your guys' point? That it's just trade. It's, it's not enough. You, 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 you ask Wayne Simmons to go out there and, and, and fight some battles for you, and then it's like... What, we don't see him in two weeks? He's so, going to go He's gonna go practice on his own? He doesn't even go to the Marlies. He won't so go to the Marlies. So you can either stick William Nylander in a box and poke him with a stick till he's angry, <laughs> or you can accept it's not happening, and you can ask for it from who? I, you trade for a guy or two, but, like, the core of this team doesn't do that. And they're not going to. So how do you win with that group? How do you build Maybe around it? Maybe you just don't. Maybe you just don't win. And that's... You may be staring that right in the face. Ish. Yeah, ish. 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 Because we think they're close. Yeah. You need to go find somebody. And you need to spend on it. Well, That's why the Goudreaux's and the Coleman's, they're not cheap. And they play up your lineup, right? So that, to me, is something here that we're we're on that you need someone that can play up your lineup that it's going to cost a lot that plays with some of that you know, i i think it's a is, I think does Sa- bo horvat have any of that saturday night was a really good reminder that you know there's going to be portions of a of an emotional series like a boston like a tampa maybe advance and you just need you need what Wayne Simmons can provide for, yeah. yeah, but a younger one, a hungrier one. You can't keep throwing these flyers on Hunt and yeah. Aston Reese. And this is how you end up. You look back at Kadri looking at the team and go, we don't have anyone. I got to go do it. Yeah, and, that's that's what stood out for me as well Saturday night. Well, the the bottom six in general got caved in pretty bad by the Bruins, I felt. Yeah. I, like, I know Engvall scored that goal or whatever, but, like, Which, ultimately... They... if we're going to talk about goals that sucked, like, yeah, that one was really bad up for Allmark. I mean, that, that doesn't go in, but that's not a, that's not a goal that goes in. He, I, actually, was, I actually like that analysis. Was, that's not a goal that goes in. He snapped it off the bar. That. It's, a great goal. it's a not great goal. an NHL goal. So, a little bit of breaking news from Leafs PR. 
Um, injury updates. Maple Leafs forward Nick Robertson had season-ending shoulder surgery and will be out for six months. And Matt Hollowell underwent surgery for a fractured kneecap and will be out a minimum of 12 weeks. Here goes a trade chip. Two. You know, what's interesting now is that, uh, you know, there's a big, like, issue in Vancouver with uh, Tanner Pearson and yes. his uh, his wrist. And uh, we'll, we'll get into it later on in the show, but it, I find it so interesting that, that Nick Robertson, like, now... Mm-hmm. Like where what's was going that? on the last? Where was month? that? Yeah, like like how do you? I guess I understand that surgery should be a last resort, mm-hmm. but how long has he been out? I don't know. It's been at least a month, probably six yeah. weeks or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just there's there's some some battles behind the scenes with players and and uh, issues with their health and who gets to assess them and who you know second opinions and. It's really ugly now with Pearson in, in Vancouver, but we're yeah. going to get into that, right? Yeah, we're going to we'll we'll talk about it uh, a little later on in the but, show. By the way, I just had a good point sent to me that of that uh, Simmons Felino fight, Felino is supposed to be the one for the Leafs. That's supposed <laughs> they they got the solution, right? Wasn't that? Aren't we looking for him now? Essentially, well, the guy they had. Speaking of health, he was never healthy Here. when he came. No, never healthy. He had back issues. He lifted. I think he missed games in the regular season. It was just, he is, he's never going to be a a top six player again like he was in Columbus. But, wow, full value for a guy like that now and what he brings the Boston Bruins. Yeah. Yeah, you wonder if the Leafs regret not. Well, they got to, he's got to bring it. Was he making 3.2 million bucks playing on the fourth line? He better be full value. Well, just he's healthy. He looks to me like he's healthy. and. You know, unfortunately, we talked about this earlier, that was there an opportunity for Nick Robertson to come back even at the American Hockey League, put the puck in the net? They're having a good season, right, the Marlies? Yeah, very good. Could he kind of jump on that, uh, train a little bit, and and show that he's a top scorer for the Marlies at at that level and create some interest? No. No. Now we're going to be talking in training camp next year and saying, boy, he looks good. Preseason, he look great. Did we get Sheldon Keefe on the physicality? Did we do that already? We played that clip yet, no. Okay, let's just play play that to round out uh, what Wayne Simmons brought. I think it's just two teams, you know, recognizing, you know, that they're going to play a very competitive and and hard-fought hockey game. And and that's what I liked about our team. I don't think we we backed down. I thought we were very physical, strong on the puck. I thought we hit hit back and initiated at times. Um, Obviously... You know, you get down to third period, we push back and tie the game. There's a lot of really good things, you know, that our team did here today in terms of their their fight and their compete. Uh, and I thought uh, Simmer set the tone in that regard. And then I, I, I saw Lilligren get pasted too. And in the neutral zone, I don't know who hit him. but mm-hmm. Right in the numbers, Nochik. Is it Nochik? Yeah, right in the numbers, right in front of the ref, turn the blind eye in Boston. The, the Boston blind eyes, I like to call it. <laughs> I guess you can throw your stick at Marner when he's about to shoot in the net. No penalty. He didn't like that, eh? Sammy's all up in the group chat. Yeah, I nuts. didn't like it either. No. First of all. Oh, he didn't mean to. Yeah, I'm sure no, he didn't mean he, to high he, stick people either. Like, it's a penalty. Right. Whether you meant to yeah, or not. No, he, he, he meant to throw his stick. He just didn't mean to throw it right at Marner. Right. That's all. So, still a penalty shot. I, I don't. 
Yeah, I don't I don't know how the rules interpreted. Is it is it throwing your stick or is it throwing your stick at the puck or the player? I think it's just throwing your stick, period. You can't but I'm not hundred percent sure on that. It's it's not a penalty shot, it's a penalty, isn't it? Or is it a penalty shot? I think it's a penalty shot if you throw your stick. Uh not in the last minute of a game. Well, we'll do some Googling here. <laughs> <laughs> Let me crack out that rule book here. Come on, Sammy. We'll I've been retired up. for too long. I don't know the rule um, there. And I was particularly bent out of shape about the the, tr- the slash or whatever the hell they called on Marner in the third period. When he's going up the boards, he robs Lindholm of the puck. He turns it back to three on one. And they, mm-hmm. after a hard-fought physical game, they call that. I just, listen, I'm not, you could... We could spend 40 minutes on the refs every game if we wanted to, uh, if we really wanted to. So I just didn't like either of those in that game. Yeah. I agree. That was pretty iffy. Yeah. 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 Uh, did we do Sheldon yet? Um, yep, we, we, yeah, we got to do Matthews, Marner, and on the D pairings, but we also need to go to break. Yeah, let's go to break. All right. What do you want to do? Well, let's ask the producer. Let's hit the break, gentlemen. Coming up, <laughs> We're the, hit the break. coming up on the other side of the break, Mike Futa. Oh, Futes is like raring to go. No question. I hope his. Ribs are feeling better. I hope he's still all drugged up and ready to chat. Let's have, <laughs> let's go, Futes. All right. Mike Futa after the break. And then Colby Armstrong in the second hour. Plenty more on Real Kipper and Bourne. Our next guest has really turned into a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. Hey, Fuchs, you ever been described as a fan favorite before? My mom. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, on eh? Da- on a daily basis, but that's about the extent of it. Well, we'll take it. We'll take it. My How- daughters, per- too, actually, my daughters. We're, we're going to get into a ton here, including the big game Saturday night. But how are you feeling last time we checked? Uh, you had a flu because you started the car without your jacket on. Oh, remind us. I've come a long way. I'm a quick healer. The ribs are fine. Healer. The ribs, I'm still, uh, every now and then I get a little bit of a reminder that there's a little one of those twinge, like, you know, the old game operation where if you touch the outside when you're trying to pull it over, <laughs> it just zings you. But other than that, I'm feeling a lot better, Kipper. Okay. If, if we go back to Saturday night against uh, uh, Boston, uh, one of those games that you look at Futes and you say, we learned a lot more, or is it one of those, uh, keep it in check, it's just January and plenty of plenty of ways to go? First of all, I thought it was an awesome game. Um, I mean, as far as the, uh, you know, again, I'm going to get into the, the Wayne Simmons factor and, and just the energy that he brought, or I felt he brought to the team. Um, and just in general, I mean, it just shows – you know, the Bruins, where they're at. Um, I, I, I was just going over the stuff, the teams that need to, that, the teams that have won in the past and the need to have that elite number one defenseman. And I still think that's an area where the Bruins, uh, Bruins are ahead of the Leafs. But that being said, uh, you know, <laughs> would that not be a hell of a playoff series? And I think, again, it gets back to whatever happened, whatever team wins the trade deadline, I think is going to win the series. If a team doesn't, the team doesn't come up with a big injury, but I was just going over the past cup winners. And that's obviously what these guys are shooting for. And every team had a stud And This is a problem. I think with some of the teams, Kipper and boring is these guys, they're paying number two and number three defensemen, number one defenseman money. And it, it's 
screws up with your and it doesn't mean the kids aren't aren't great players or anything like that but you look at Colorado McCarr Tampa Bay Tampa Bay Hedman Hedman St. Louis Petrangelo Washington Carlson when we were trading cups with you know Pittsburgh had Latang in his prime when we were trading cups with Chicago we had Doughty they had Keith there was somebody that just was an absolute beast of a horse um so if you want to look at trends I just don't I look at Boston and I see McAvoy and the way that um, his part, who's the kid at home, are playing this year. And I think that trumps with the top. And it's not a knock on, like, they're not good players or anything, but I think that trumps the top of the of the Maple Leafs uh, defense, defensive unit. And that's not a knock, because I said Mark Giordano's having an absolutely incredible year, age and salary aside. And, you know, Morgan Riley's come back in after missing some time. Uh, Brody's out, but I just think there's a depth and a di- diversity amongst the Boston defense, and I'm still not there yet. That with that defense core, and I didn't, I thought Murray was good, uh, very good at times, um, but I don't, I'm not there yet that he's the goalie that's going to overcome the amount of chances that are going to be given up in a playoff series. So if you're in that Maple Leafs front office, are you prioritizing that, that finding someone on the back end or a top-end guy over a guy who can contribute as a forward in the top six? Yeah, I am. I think they got away from that because, uh, again, they played such a – that period of the month there was in November where they were missing some key defense and they played that style that everybody was raving about uh, and they were doing it without – Muzzin in the lineup and without uh, without Riley in the lineup and the guys that were missing. And it seems like as those guys got back, things started to get a little bit loosey-goosey again. And I think it just sums up. But I don't. I think that Morgan, the more he plays, he's going to be able to play that style. But I just think they're missing something back there. And good on Timmons for stepping in. I know, Borny, you and I were joking about that cross-ice pass, but he's actually been pretty good for them. But I yeah. just think to get to where they want to go, and knowing as much as people piss and moan about it, it's going to go through Tampa or Boston in the first round. And I think they're going to need another. I wouldn't go out there and say stud because they just don't have the room. They don't have the cap space. Uh, I don't believe they will, or even, even with the Muzzin situation, to get the guy unless they get exceptionally creative and are willing to prioritize the top prospect. But I still think that back end is a priority because I do believe there's enough depth scoring chipping in up front um, that's on top of the studs that have had great seasons uh, that are going to be able to put the puck in the net in the playoffs and, and keeping it out of their net is going to be a priority. Fuse, I did uh, catch myself a few times thinking if, if there was a healthy Jake Muzzin Saturday night, how that would have maybe looked a lot different for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So saying that, they, they do have his $5.6 million to play with here. And a guy like Jacob Chikrin comes in at four six. It's not hard to to know that you can fit the math in quite easily here. So is is he not? Is he would he not be the best of a of a situation where you have to win now? And let, well, and you've got him for term, right? Like is he's I think he's got three years left at that. Number. Yes, including and uh, this you, year. Yeah, yeah, and it gives you some time in the offseason and get creative about what you have to move in and out and. And God bless if Muzz ever, you know, was ever in a Kucherov-like situation and was allowed to, you know, come in for playoffs, uh, that would be, you know, heaven sent. But I, I just don't know if he's going to be ready to go in the amount of time that it would take. I mean, just from what I've heard about the injury to come back. And I, I agree, Kipper. Like, that's one of those things is just leave scratching your head because that's exactly the type of game that he excels in 
with his heaviness and his leadership, but uh, it doesn't appear he's going to be there. I mean, Chikrin, it'll be all new for him, uh, and I, I like the player a lot. I mean, he's a left-shot D, but I, it's going to be his first rodeo. There's a lot different between playing in front of 5,000 college fans and coming into Toronto <laughs> uh, for a playoff run. And I, but that being said, that's the type of player I think that, that could excel, and, and he's not a rental, which I think is key too because you're going to have him for a few years. But I, I just look at the, the group, and I don't even know you guys would probably know because from the lines and stuff today, I was busy exhausting myself through the Vancouver press conference. But oh. you look at that night, and I mean, again, I'm not being up, but if I'm looking at that, just even I think it's a key spot down the stretch here. And again, it's not a, I know everybody, my relationship with Wayne Simmons, but what he brought the other night, I think is critical in a game of that amount of intensity. And I mean, and I know that's a guy that sits out two, three weeks and then gets thrown in and still will fight for his teammates. And uh, I think teams like guys like Felino and Frederick uh, on that team, they bring that element that make Boston a tough team to play against. And I don't know whether he's back in. I know everybody, I mean, I, I made a comment on Twitter and somebody was like, they don't need that. None of the teams have toughness and it raised that whole. And, you know, Simmons isn't, I never said he's the 2015 version, but to play a game like that, they obviously, Sheldon likes to shorten the bench. I just don't think a guy like, I don't think anybody on Boston, other than Nosak, is scared of Hunt, right? right. And they keep re-showing that fight where Nosak, probably saw on TV that that's what you're supposed to do. Gets in his first NHL fight and Hunt fills him in and everybody's like, "Ooh, Hunt's a killer. Well, there's not, there's, I don't think Hunt puts any fear in the Boston Bruins. And that being said, he, he skates well and gets around the ice, but I just think that roster spot means a lot more and even to his teammates down the stretch here and maybe keeping some guys healthy as having Simmons in the lineup. You know, looking at the way the Leafs went about that game where it you know, wasn't quite working for them for a bit and they went back to Matthews with Marner, you know, how do you feel about the way this team should roll themselves out? Should they be more spread out, separating those two guys, or do you like loading it up with the big guys? I'd like to see them load up with the big guys as they get down the stretch here. And yeah. I think it's been good for them. that they Keep looking at the standings. They still have put, because they went on such a great November, even with the injuries, they put that separation between them and the rest of the pack, like it's not something that it would take a monumental collapse to, you know, come back to the pack as far as the, you know, as far as a playoff spot. So they have some, they have some time to move some stuff around and, and see, and see the lines, but there's something about those two guys together uh, and the big games and stuff. That's pretty magical for me. And I, I think, you know, you know, the chemistry that Nylander and Tavares have had in the past, either way, either way, it'd be, it'd be a good look, but I, I just like the, I like those two guys playing together in the big games. You see the Boston Bruins like even going into a mini slump from here on in. I think uh, as we speak, I think they've pretty much filled in the they Philadelphia the Flyers, Flyers yeah. again. I just today. Well, it was just unbelievable. They made them look like it's just just absolutely filled them in would be the right word. Would be the right word, and that's what I, I mean. Dubrovsky is having a career, and he's not playing right now either. So, I mean, there's a guy in their top six that they're only going to get better as well. So, uh, and again, it looks like I think you mentioned Kerberg is this goalie going to be able to maintain it well i mean it was only the philadelphia flyers today but he looked like he had a little bit of his swagger back as well do you see this boston bruins team actually going out there and uh, you mentioned the trade deadline and uh you know maybe it's coming down to that but is is there a chance that they could mess with this chemistry uh you've been there before as an executive is there the thought that uh bringing in someone is 
as easy as it could sound that Bo Horvat would be great um, and a guy that can certainly go on past Bergeron or Krejci, is there a chance that executives sit around and go, why mess with a good thing? I think, well, it depends what's moving out, what kind of piece is moving out, because obviously you don't want any any part of that chemistry that you have in your dressing room having to give up. I alluded in our situation, we needed a sniper, and we went out and got Marion Gabrick, who, who wasn't, you know, Gabby was great for our team because he just came in and he was sure. But I think the, the addition that the Bruins make, I don't think it's so much of an, uh, an offensive weapon. Like if they could ever, and I don't know how the hell they do it, but I keep hearing Jonathan Taze's name attached to them as well. Uh, if they can add somebody that's got that, you know, like a, like a Felino, like Nick Felino, they're just seamless chemistry. Like they're that throwback type leader. Um, that would be like another seamless the way this team seems to get along and look after each other and care about each other. Uh, So that type of player, I'm sure Horvat would be the same, probably a lot more. I would assume it'd be more assets for, you know, with the age and stuff like that. But uh, no, I I think, I think Boston is going to be creative. I think Toronto's got that added cap space. I mean, obviously you hate to see someone get injured down the stretch that could provide that, that extra blanket that, or that extra cash that someone like Muzzin's providing right now, but there's still time to play out before that happens. I just I just find it amazing, Nolan, when you look at certain teams and what they're paying defensemen and how many true number one defensemen there are anymore in the National Hockey League. Like even and you look at the salaries associated, like I did not know Darnell Nurse was making nine two five for a lot of years. And that's tough. That's a mm-hmm. tough contract. And he's and he's a very good player, but I wouldn't you know, he's not headman. You know, he's not one of those guys that's just an absolute pure number one. And uh, that's a lot of money to be tied up in it. And, I mean, you're talking about adding Carlson, who's at 11.5 for, like, I think four or five more years. Obviously, there's going to have to be a lot of salary retained, but he's been pretty sleepy for a few years, which maybe it was just his surroundings. And, obviously, he's been phenomenal this year and is going to kickstart any team. But there's a lot of there's a lot of cabbage left on that, uh, on that ticket, um, and you'd certainly want to make sure it's a good fit for him. It's uh you know, we, were, we haven't really dug in on the Vancouver press conference, but you said that you were paying attention to it for those people who didn't see. Um, you know, there's a Tanner Pearson injury that's in dispute, but there's also a coaching situation that's in dispute and a Horvat contract, and there's just, it's a mess. I don't know from where I sit, Futes. What have you thought of what's going on with the Vancouver Canucks? Like, I've seen, I've been more excited about dental surgery than some of the stuff that I saw today. It was the most pointless like I don't, I just don't know the point. I know, I think the gist of it was for Jim to come out and take some bullets and and say, hey, you know, we've done. But I couldn't. It started off. It was about Tanner Pearson, and then they basically said there's been nothing handled. They haven't done anything wrong. He's talked with everybody on their side. Nothing's been handled wrong. And then it switches over to there's comments like if he ever plays again. Um, coming off a, you know, a broken hand four to six weeks. And it's, I just didn't see the, I didn't, if I'm Tanner Pearson sitting at home watching that, I'm just shaking my head because it wasn't, it started off with a, this is just about him being healthy. And then it just veered. And, uh, and then it started in, okay, doctors, you can leave. And, uh, and uh, let's talk hockey. And it's like, we're going to, this, there's nothing wrong with this core. And then by the end of it is we probably going to be trading this core and I mean, you don't have to like, all you have to do is have the internet. Like I know 
you can tag Jim Benning with old Ackman Larson and Myers. And I think, I think that um, Garland's contract is a previous group, but I mean, all this, and he just kept going on about not being able to get have any cap space. And Besser, 6'5", JT Miller, 8 times 8 or whatever it was, Mikheyev, 5 million, um, Hughesy, 7, 8, 5. And then he's got Kuzmenkov, who's probably been their most productive scorer, who he says that they're just opening up negotiations. I don't know where they're going to get the money to pay the guy that's actually scoring goals, but <laughs> they've created their own. Like, it's one thing to kind of say, hey, the cap space thing. And he, and he took some accountability, said he wasn't happy with his own the job he'd done either, but it just seems so you go into a press conference with two questions and you come out of it with 12 questions. Like it, it just seemed to so be true. all over the, <laughs> all over the map. <laughs> well, you're really comfortable on our show, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I probably now, now I, now, you know, the person that was my fan favorite, I, I, I lost my mom. I guarantee you I lost my mom with that one. Oh, boy, you're you gained, in trouble now. You gained a lot of other fans, I can tell you that. You know, what, what's interesting now is we're, more and more we're hearing players now uh, challenging, you know, team doctors and, and what kind of advice that they've gotten over the years. And I just, I, I know in my era you, your team says you need this, you need this. Uh, certainly, that's not the case in Vancouver. Here in Toronto, they announced Nick Robertson's uh, needing a season-ending surgery. That one plays out a little different to me. I'm the firm believer that you don't have surgery unless you absolutely have to. Sounds to me like they tried to rehab Nick's situation. Uh, didn't work. So this is the last resort. But unfortunately for, for Kyle, he, he does lose. Say what you will of him, where the value sits on Nick Robertson today. It's still a chip that you've lost in the poker game. Uh, or you've certainly diminished the chip. And I, and I had mentioned before that um, it was going to be hard anyways to value him. And you always value your own prospects better than anybody else and you got to find a dance partner but the mere fact that he wasn't finding success and they were having trouble getting him in their own lineup to showcase him uh very much like what's going on in calgary it makes it hard for a general manager to you know to create that kind of buzz around a player that's out of the lineup healthy and then now that he's injured even more difficult uh, so that's a tough one. So again, it gets, you know, it, it it gets back to who's valued in your who's valued in your group and and moving forward as far as, you know, what other people think of your prospects. And again, knowing very well that uh, that uh, the Arizona born, <laughs> tell me his name for you, the guy that I forget. Who's our who's my who's my Minnesota top leaf prospect? Oh, uh, Nice Matthew Nice. <laughs> Arizona born. So I mean, you tell me if you tell me if you're talking about Chickering that you're going to just try and pretend that he's not from there. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd heard that's that's the ask out of Toronto. Is nice. Yes. Okay. Take him. That's probably the start. That's probably the, that's probably the start, right? You know what I mean? I, I don't yeah. think that's even something you'd think about as a straight up trade, as much as we love the prospect, because you've got one again. That's what kind of bothered me i said last year with with carolina was that when you've got a team that's poured into it you want to and i mean colorado did it last year tampa does it every year kyle does it every year is when you're close you got you want to reward that group and you, you unfortunately some teams are hamstrung by cap issues and they can't do it 
but you want to reward that group in the dress room. And for all the people, like, I, I went over the teams that when the, this guy was just giving to me about the best teams don't have toughness. That's a, that's so primitive and throwback. And I went, yeah, McDermott was in Colorado. And I just went over the list of guys that, that do it for the teams that are really, really good. And, uh, and then I looked at Carolina was the only team that really lacked that. And when we had our meetings, the only player that Roddy Brindamore banged his table about he wanted was Nick Delorier. So, and it didn't happen, but still that tells you the focus when a coach who's that experienced looks at his team and says, what element do we need? And obviously there's a team that's really deep on the back end. I mean, I don't know what version of Freddie Anderson is coming back, but mm-hmm. you look at the moves they made and like Flavin is like, he, for me, is a true number one. You've got Pesci, you've got Burns, you've got depth, you've got size up front. You can score. You've got speed, and he and the first thing Roddy wanted was toughness and character to keep his guys protected. And that wasn't saying he was going to be the first guy out of the gate in the power play, but that's the mindset that goes into. And then again, you don't reward them at the trade deadline, and you don't make a move. And unfortunately, after that, whether if or not it had anything to do with us losing last year, was we got our goalies got hurt and banged up, but. You know, it would have been nice to reward them down the stretch with a with a big move. One, one more for me, Futes, and this kind of goes back full circle for us. We had the earlier com- conversation about Wayne Simmons, and I played with enough guys that uh, w- w- that would have similar type of stature as Wayne Simmons, and Leafs deciding to make him a part-time player, and some of them would just say, I'm not going out there and fighting for you every two weeks and go find somebody else. He doesn't do that. He's full value on his character. And I'm just wondering now if this continues and Wayne Simmons looks at what he was able to do Saturday night and it's reminded that I still have value and I shouldn't be uh, a guy that you just come to me every two weeks. Would, would, I, would I welcome maybe a, a thought of maybe going to Carolina or Edmonton? Uh, they, they need still uh, a presence and toughness. Wow. You think he could revisit not ending as a Toronto Maple Leaf? Well, I've tried to, you know, I'll cross my friendship boundary here because I've tried to convince him of that, and it tells me how much this kid wants to be a Toronto Maple Leaf and it was his dream to win here, is he doesn't want to be moved. And it's not, I mean, obviously his family's got young children now and stuff, but he wants to win as a Toronto Maple Leaf. And it speaks more volumes about, because I know, like, I know, for example, last year, we had a chance to acquire Kyle Clifford at the deadline, right? And Cliffy was like, no, I'm staying in Toronto. I want to retire your family. That's fine. That's a, These decisions you have to respect. But in Simmer's case, to be able to play a game like that, and again, this, I'm not talking about, you know, to play a role in a game like that. I'm not talking this was like something earth-shattering. Look out, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. In a game of that intensity, he played the role to an absolute key. Right, he goes with Felino, you know, who's another character guy. They're buddies, and you know, they give the little respect tap at the end. But he would do that for any teammate. He's just that's just that's the way Wayne Simmons is bred. But it's just got to kill him. Like I don't even know. That's why you guys see the morning and skating stuff tomorrow. Like to have a game like that, and if he's a healthy scratch tomorrow, that's a tough one for. I would assume that'd be tough for him to swallow after how he went to battle for his teammates. But that being said. If he gets plucked in the lineup against Borneys Islanders the following Monday and somebody wants to go, he'd be right there for his teammates. And that's that's Wayne Simmons in a nutshell. That's the same character Mark Giordano has. 
And that's why, amongst all the other BS around, I'd love to see those kind of Toronto-based kids get a chance to hoist the Stanley Cup wow. in their hometown. But, geez, you got to <laughs> that kind of that kind of family and stuff, and that kind of stuff, that kind of team and selflessness needs to be rewarded. He could have easily taken, you know how hard Foligno punches Kipper. He could have taken one and it's all over. And I think he knows it's his last dance. I was happy that they, they put him in in Philly. Cause I, you know, I thought if they healthy scratch him in Philly, his last basically his last tour for it, where he played his best hockey, that's like a real kick in the stones. And they didn't, they played him, but that was a great gesture. And then, you know, they put him back in and, and I thought he was really good against Boston and he did the stuff that Wayne Simmons needs to do in his nine or eight or nine minutes he plays a night. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it's easier for a guy like Clifford to turn around and say, no, thank you. when I've won a Stanley cup and two. yeah, two. And Wayne Simmons is still would, would love to know what that would feel like. A hundred percent. You're a hundred percent. And Chose to take less again, like Gio. And I'm not saying in the difference, Gio would have been making huge dough. Uh, but Simmer, knowing where he's at in his career, he's accepted it. He's accepted the role. But to still go out, I mean, there are guys at that end of their warrior career. They're like, do I really need to keep doing this? And it doesn't even, he doesn't bat an eye at it. And I tell you, when he talks about his teammates and the guy like Arms and his, the guy, his boys, I mean, I saw them, the way his teammates feel about him at his thousandth game party afterwards. These guys absolutely adore him. And it translates to the kind of teammate he is on the ice. Absolutely. Hey, Futes, uh, really appreciate your time as always. Uh, how candid you are. Uh, and I, the occasional F bomb. If you can roll that back and take out that one. <laughs> we'll, play. we'll bleep it out. No big deal. And we'll clean it up for the, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, gentlemen. Thanks, Borny. Thanks, right. Futes. Appreciate you, bud. Take care. All right. Bye. That's Mike Futa with his last show of the season, apparently. <laughs> no, we're just kidding. Just kidding. You can drop F bombs now. No problem at all. No one listens to our show. It's not us anymore. (laughs) Not us. Okay, let's take a quick break. We'll see if Colby can clean this uh, language up. This, uh, I don't know, he's a spitting chiclet, so I'm sure he's... Oh, yeah. He's a follow-up. All filters off today. All bets are off, and it's not even Friday. All right, more real Kipper and Bourne after these words. All right, our next guest needs no introduction. Hi. That's all you, that's all you get? <laughs> <laughs> Was that it? That's it. You need none. I just told everybody you need no introduction. <laughs> Mr. I appreciate Colby. it. Usually, yeah, usually there it is. There it is. Yeah, Mr. usually I get that Colby. stuff. And now star of Chicklet's Game Notes. Okay, well, yep. what does that mean? What, what is that? Yeah, check the game notes, bud. That's how you figure it out, you know? But Remember those, Kipper? Yeah, if I went, like, in all honesty, I don't mean to be crude here, but I'd grab the game notes before every game, yep. and then i go in the I dumps, know you did. and then i have a yep. dump with them. Exactly. And it's like exactly. a last resort. <laughs> it's, a, it's like you're cramming I for can't a find anything else to read in the dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to go to the bathroom. You grab the game notes. Yeah, you peruse through the game notes, you study up, a little bit of everything in there for you on every single guy, what's going on, depths of the team, inside and out, and when you came out of there, you are better for it. Okay, what but a- you're, you're giving the good stuff. Like, the game notes were, like, boring. 
<laughs> you know what? That that stems off of the story where I got my face weld, my eyes welded closed by Gavin Morgan in the American Hockey League. And actually, it's a, um, Alexander Dagg. When I was looking at my face in the mirror at, at the end of the game with my eyes half closed, he <laughs> threw he threw Gavin Morgan's game note page, flipped open to it, and goes, "Hey, bu- hey, kid, check the game notes." So. That's where it kind of came from because <laughs> six hundred pims a year in the LNAH <laughs> yeah. or whatever. I like it. <laughs> so that's where it comes from. All right, that's great. That's awesome. Uh, think the Leafs checked Boston's game note Saturday night? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, what do you say? I like to. I like to see the uh, Simmons going at it. Right. I like that tilt right yeah. there. And Felino, I, I loved it. Two old school dudes. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was a good game. I thought it was tight game. I thought the way that it should be. And if you're going to play Boston, that's how you got to play them. Well, certainly the game notes show that uh, these guys are, are champions. They've done it before. They find yeah. ways to win. Uh, anything that you got out of Saturday night that said the Leafs are, are, are close or close enough for a January game like this? Well, I think, yeah, I think you got to find ways to win close games. I mean, that's. That's the battle, right? That's the fight. All year long, you're playing measuring stick games, and you're going to find ways to win it. What do you take from it? What can you, you know, we've seen this group trying to do this for, you know, several years now, this core group, right? So are they going to be able to get over the hump? Are they going to be able to do it? I know there's lots of obvious chatter around the, around the league with the Leafs and their skill and what they have and, and, and their ability to possibly do it this year. So, um, yeah, I think, I think it was one of those measuring stick games. And I guess when it comes down to it, that is the biggest question. Can you win those kinds of games? I look at Boston and go, yeah, I can, not just because of the record, but the way they're built, I can see them, you know, doing whatever it takes in those situations to get the job done, right? So are the Leafs going to be able to go to that level? That's the question. You know, a team that you cover closely, Colbs, and the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, had a couple of measuring stick games this past weekend. They get the Winnipeg yeah. Jets, who've been good, the Carolina Hurricanes, who've been real good, and fell short in a couple of games. Where where do you have the Penguins in their quest for the playoffs Ooh. and beyond? I don't know right now, and I know you don't. They're not trying to make excuses, but no Latang, no Petrie, no Jari. Um, no Archibald, no Paling on their fourth line, which has, believe it or not, been like a great identity line for them when those guys have been in and found to leave their mark on the team. Uh, it's been tough without those guys with new faces in on the back end. Pedersen was out the last few games as well, who's had a kind of resurgent year for them. Um, I think they're in tough right now. I think they're in a battle. Like, there's no question with the strength of the Metro that it's it's – you know, they've got to start collecting points. And I know they went on a hot run. It's the funniest thing about them, guys, is they're either really good and lighting the world on fire or they can't win a game and they're bad. They're like a yo-yo at the bottom or at the top, nothing in between. Um, so for them, I think, you know, leading into this trade deadline here in the next little while, right, you've got to get healthy. You've got to see what you actually are. And if you can claw yourself into position to, to, for the GM or the team to go, okay, we're going to be all right, or, or what, what do they got to do? What do they need to add? How are they going to do this to, I guess, keep this playoff streak alive? But I think they're good enough. Also, at the same time, it's weird. I think they're good enough that if they, you know, get in the playoffs, you know, I think they, I think they have experience and they're good enough to understand how to manage and win a series. And who knows what can happen once you get there. Hey, Colby, it's not like Brian Burke and Ron Hexall just got there. They've had, they've had, a little bit of time here, but yet it, it still, for me, doesn't feel like a Brian Burke type of team. No, I are know. they, are they 
they're not big enough or heavy enough, are they? Or like, what's taking oh. so, what's taking Berkey so long to get that truculence going? Yeah, like they played Winnipeg the other day, right? And like you, you've seen Winnipeg, Winnipeg, like they have Cole Perfetti, who's like a smaller player, and Sam Gagne, who's who's on their fourth line veteran guy. The rest of the guys, I swear, are like six two and nothing else but. So they're they're a monster team, and they kind of push the Penguins around. They threw them around, even against Carolina the other night. Threw them around, pushed them around. So I don't think it's anywhere near what I would expect with you know a guy like you know Berkey in there, and, and even Hexy, right? Like you know with what these guys would like their teams to probably look like or resemble. So I I, I would I have to think that they're going to have to look at getting you know some kind of player in there that provides that. You know Jason Zucker. Um, is kind of the lone horse on the team that's providing this. You know, he's over 100-plus hits this year, plus, you know, 20-some points, 26 points, I think he has. And he's been really consistent and strong and wins battles, and he's just got he's, – he's that guy, right? They don't have enough of guys that are that guy. Um, you know, Archibald plays a reckless game when he's healthy in the lineup. We know that. But, you know, he's not going to produce like, you know, like a Zucker can. Can they find someone and some guys, whether it's on the back end or um, – you know, up front, especially up front. I just think they're lacking that up front, that, that kind of battle-tested um, personality in their lineup, you know. And I, I, I would have to think in watching that that's something that they're going to have to look at, at addressing for sure. We've talked about that on this show a little bit, like the idea of having to have that sort of energy, toughness, nastiness, whatever. Like, can you outskill it today? Could the Leafs' core guys just be so good yeah. that they don't have to have it? Or is it still hockey's hockey, and at the end of the day, you need some element there? Well, in my opinion, I feel hockey's hockey. Like, you have to have players that can provide that or do that. And I think that just has to be built in, right? Like, if you're skilled, great. But do you do you compete battle and outwill yourself? Like, you know, Marchand, for example, skilled, can go between his legs and do all the fancy stuff that we see on Instagram all over the place. But at the end of the day, he's going to win puck battles. He's going to get in tough situations and hard ice. He's going to go to hard areas. He's he's a competitive guy. That's just who he is. Uh, well, I feel like those guys are so hard to find. Why is that? I don't know. Yeah. What's going on? But I think you have to have a mix of that throughout your lineup. And if and if you don't, how do you convince guys to get out of the comfort zone and be someone like that? Like, can you find and mold and make players be those kinds of guys? Like, can you have Probably your didn't player come naturally to you, guy? Colby, right? Like, you don't have that personality type, but you'd play like that. Oh, Colby would spear yeah. you. I know, but was that, then, that come oh, naturally yeah. to you, or do you make yourself do that? Yeah, you know what? I, I kind of like just being a jerk on the ice. It oh, was, okay. like, fun. It was fun. <laughs> It was fun to like stir it up and then run away and hide behind other people that were bigger than me. Yeah, <laughs> bunting exists. They have one of those. But every once in a yeah. while, you, yeah, bunting, you, you didn't exactly. hide though. Yeah, I knew I had to show up. Like I knew I had to like answer the bell. Like that was part of it. You know, I knew I had to. But um, it, it's, I think it's important though. But like I didn't. I, for me personally, as a player, like I was first round pick. I thought I was going to be the skill guy, top six. You know, when you come in and. You know, you're in the minors and you're kind of starting to figure out pro hockey. And once I once I figured out how to be that guy, and I think it takes some guys a little while, but do they push people that way? Like, I had a trainer and I had some coaches telling me, like, hey, Army, we need more of that there. That's a better game when I did that, you know? And I was like, oh, okay, so this is the ticket. Okay, I got to do this all the time. <laughs> I'd rather score goals, you know? Yeah, I know. And now and now, now doing this, right, I, <laughs> I always tell it to everyone, like, 
oh, yeah, I saw you on Desjardins commercials. I see you doing this. I'm like, yeah, I know. I wish I would have scored more goals. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't have to be selling these commercials. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you, you like, look great I on the commercials. Like, hey, I got to play reckless. I got to be that guy. Can you do that? Can you do that to prospects? Can you do that to guys in development? Can you push guys into these certain spots? And can you become that to see that hole or that void with your skill as like an enhancement, right? It's just an enhancement. It's like, you know, my wife, she goes out, she looks nice, but then she puts on her bag and the bag looks really nice. Right. So it's like, can you, can you bring that bag out with you <laughs> as far as, you know, with referring to these players and their nastiness? I like followed the metaphor for a bit there. And then at the end I got lost. Accessories. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Very important. Me. Stay with me, Borny. That's uh, everybody. Hey, Colby, are, are we, uh, are we talking about the Kraken enough here, or maybe oh, we no. should be talking a little bit more? What they have done on the road is off the charts. They don't lose. They don't lose. They score goals through the depth of their lineup. Everybody's included. Their goaltenders are playing well. They're deep. They're fairly physical. Like, they're feisty, too, a little bit, to it, like to the perfect degree, right? Like, you have to have that, what we were just talking about. They've got that through their lineups and from their key guys, right? Like that Beniers. I mean, that guy's in your face. That guy's on pucks. That guy wins battles. He, he's he's so good. And then you go down their entire lineup. They got a bunch of guys like that. So, um, yeah, I don't know what happened to him last year. And I was even going, what's Ron Francis doing? I mean, what an underwhelming like expansion draft. And what happened here? But man, this year they've come out. They've got saves, uh, and they've they found their legs with you know, what they are in their depth. And I think they've got a confident group that believes that they're, you know, no one talks about them. It's like that, what, what Vegas had, I think the, the misfit thing, you know? So um, oh, they, they, yeah, they've, they've got been, it going on right now for sure. Yeah. They've got it going on. They've got, you know, some good stories. They've got good production. And I'm telling you when they're coming in now, like teams would go, Oh yeah. Okay. The Kraken because of last year, they ain't saying that anymore. This team is for real. This team is, pretty rock solid and uh i'm excited to see what they can do down the stretch here i'm excited to see what what they could turn into because i think they're going to be in a playoff series the way they're built i think they'll be a really tough out really tough yeah and one thing you know they have going for them is having a, a great goaltender here in toronto there's like a bit of a quibbling mm-hmm. between zamuri is it samsonov do you think you can win a cup as a tandem or do you think you got to have a clear-cut guy Oh, that's a good question. It depends on what your team looks like, I guess. But yeah. I, I, I like having the horse. I like having the one guy that's, you know, the guy that's going to get you there. And, you know, that's why, like, I look at I look at Vegas, too, as an example in the West, right? Like, they, they got a team that, are, you know, they're in talks about being a contender for sure. But, like, you know, Logan Thompson's a rookie goaltender. He's done really, really well. But do you put, the, do you put like, the hopes of this team's expectations on that come playoff time and, and Aiden Hill, is that the tandem? Is that they've been done really well? Yeah. I'm not saying they haven't done well, but, or is, you know, John Gibson, uh, you know, a guy that's, that may be out there. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but I think you have to look at that. If you're Vegas, everybody just needs a Darcy Kemper, just stop the pucks that you're supposed to stop. And we're yeah, never yeah. going yeah. to pay you anyway. So, <laughs> I mean, that's, it <laughs> yeah. seems to be that, that that's where the goaltending model's going. Yeah. And, and I mean, when it's crazy, cause I hate talking about the cap, but when you talk about the cap and how you're going to build your team, like where you allocate your money and what you believe in and what you think is important. And, you know, you look at Florida, you know, they got 10 million bucks tied up in a goalie Montreal with Carey price. And we've seen, you know, tandems and in, in Vegas where they had Leonard and flurry and 
that were high price goaltending tandems. It's like, what are you going to do with that? So I can see how teams would be, you know, looking at, you know, building their lineup the way they want with, with, you know, I, I call it like bargain shopping for goaltenders, I guess, and just finding a guy that's good enough. And I think there's lots of good enough goalies out there. You know, I think you can find some of those guys if it fits your team and you know what your makeup is and how well you play defensively. And I think it could work. Well, we're lucky to have analysts that are just good enough. And thanks for <laughs> joining us on the show today. Thanks, Colby. Appreciate your time, buddy. Uh, thanks, boys. Congrats thanks, on all boys. your, you guys your are... show success. Yes. Yep, appreciate it. Game thanks, notes. Boys. Yep. Check for, it out. For yep, great reading. Three. Episode three. Absolutely. Yep. Thanks, right, boys. You're the best. Colby Armstrong, everybody. You got a hockey game on over there? What's I going do. On? Just checking in on Seattle because they're playing. Uh, currently. Currently. Oh. They're they're at home. I guess it is a but they won Martin Luther seven, King Day in the U.S. They, right. they set an NHL record. Seven. S- swept a seven-game road trip. A, a, a seven-game uh, road trip. Yeah. And not like a bunch of pushovers either. They beat Calgary and Edmonton and Toronto, Toronto and Boston. Boston. <laughs> that was a road trip. Like you, I bet against them I today. What's going on in the game, by the way? Uh, uh, goose eggs. Goose zero, eggs. Zero. Okay. But Tampa caving them in 11-4, but Martin even Jones. Even if, if they get 9 out of 14, that would be successful. They go and get every point. Wow. What a run. And, and that, it's Martin Jones, by the way, that's kind of... Yeah, running with it a little bit, and I don't see Martin Jones being the guy when it's when the chips are down. No, uh, yeah, that's that's the part to me when we can talk about how incredible he was the first star of the week, uh, Martin Jones with unbelievable numbers. And listen, they're a pretty good team. Like I think their metrics are pretty kind, but when you're getting that good a goaltending, it can make you look like a world beater. Yeah, right? hold on for a second though. I mean, okay, uh, where are their numbers? Who? Jones overall. I know. Really good. Like, what's his save percentage? It's high. Let me let's get out, pull it up here for yeah, you. Yeah, pull it up. Um, I'm just getting the stats for the, uh, you know, Sport Logic has a, a great graph and it's fairly common, I think, in some of these places. Expected goals for per 60 and expected goals against per 60. Like, Seattle is among a cluster of okay teams. You know, what's they're. The save percentage, Sammy. I'm pulling it up right now. It's, Under 900. Yeah, it's 895. Yeah. It's not off the charts, but in the in the run when they were unbelievable this week, okay. he was three zero and zero with a one six seven nine three three. That there's a good reason they set an NHL record. Yeah, Their okay. goalie's red hot, but there's even a better reason why they're twenty six twelve and four. So you're saying you think this team's legit? I'm saying that it's not because Martin Jones is mm-hmm. standing on his head and spinning. I'm saying because they're. A good team. What's well the other goal? And they numbers, can, they're scoring. Yeah. They're a well-balanced team. And they're a well-balanced team. They really are. Philip Grubauer? Is that the other goalie? Yes. Yeah. I'm looking it up right now. Ba, ba, ba. Uh, if you're Calgary and Edmonton, you're like, come on, Seattle. 885? Uh, Grubauer. Grubauer. He's, not, eight, he's an 885, yeah. They're not. Wow. Come on. That All says right. a lot about their lineup. It does. Plus 28 goal differential on the season. They are rolling, rolling, rolling. Speaking of the Pacific Division, oh boy. across the border from Seattle, the Vancouver Canucks in disarray. Yeah. They need a veteran hockey man to come in and calm things down. Someone like uh, Jim well, Rutherford. It's not good. <laughs> I, I'm with Futes. We had Mike Fute on before the break, and I don't 
understand that press conference, that major press conference today. What was the plan going into it, I wonder? Where is the upside on it? What was accomplished here? What would you say (laughs) you do here? I think there was a desire to calm all of the negativity around the franchise, and I thought Feuda made a good point about saying that put himself out there to take some bullets for the team. Yeah, but... He got riddled. Where's the GM? Just no reason like you could you could cover off a lot of things including you know there's there's no it's not like you had a major coaching change it's not like you've gone through the process of investigating what happened at uh tanner pearson it's not like uh you know uh you've you've concluded anything anywhere so why yeah I, well, you know, maybe give him some credit that people had a lot of questions for a franchise that's not doing so hot, and he but just no wanted answers. to go in. Well, but, but the no answers is that there aren't answers in some cases. Then you and don't I, have a present. You don't. You don't just do it to appease people without having legitimate answers for them. Well, what if the legitimate answer is, I want to. I want my. I want to highlight the fact that my owner's not helping us out here. You know, call me crazy here, but the whole Bruce Boudreau thing has to be Rutherford has been begging to put in his own coach, and Aquilini won't let him move on from Bruce Boudreau. That is my... Or they're not ready to, right? Want to spend the money. The way they're treating Bruce Boudreau is a disgrace. It's unfair to Bruce Boudreau, who has a long, distinguished career in the NHL, and this man traipses out... GM, a rookie coach in the league. It's right. a guy that's had a ton of success and respected guy, well-liked. It's Asked about him today, Rutherford said, Bruce have, is our we, coach we right have, now. Would you like to hear the audio oh, of yes, him talking about to. that? Yes. Yeah, well, we all are. And, uh, you know, there's lots of speculation out there. Bruce is our coach now, okay? When we get off to a slow start this year, we, as a hockey staff, we we watch the coaching staff closer. There's been times where we've had real good runs and the team's played pretty well, and there's been times where we haven't. And and why is that? And, I, and, and when I say this, I'm not pointing this at Bruce. You know, Bruce is a friend. I really like Bruce, and he's done good work here. But this is what we review all the time and try to make a decision. So... All I can say is that, that Bruce is our coach right now. You don't need a major press conference. We to can see that. The he was behind the bench last game. Thank you. Bruce is our coach now. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Thanks, Jimmy. Again, no upside whatsoever. Yeah. We, nobody learned anything new today. You, you, there's nothing to have gained. Nothing to have that. gained. But we did learn things new, like when he said, I don't know if he was joking when he said, I thought we were tanking or whatever, but he said they're moving towards a rebuild. Which they should have a been retool. doing. Yeah, he said they prefer the term retool. You know, is that what the message? You're right, though. If that was the message you wanted to yeah. deliver, they didn't come out and clearly deliver that message. It was sort of in passing. You know what I, I, I didn't like about it today, too, is that it's it's really the day that, you know, everybody's talking about uh, a very popular uh player and Gino Ojic losing his battle. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you, 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 you went right up against that. Something like this could have been done days from now, it's even a week down the road, yeah. nothing earth-shattering. Like, one of the most popular players. One of the kindest in, guys. A lot of love for Gino Ojic in, here. In your, 
in your franchise's history. Oh yeah, like he was right up there, man, with Pavel Burry yeah. in the nineties. They they should uh, Maybe they'll do it, you know, posthumously or something. But they should have put him in the Ring of Honor and just let him be a part. Let him be celebrated didn't, before this. Uh, didn't understand that at all. No. Uh, hey, but to Sammy's point, Kipper, like he's the president. Does the GM exist? No. Where's the GM? He even said Rutherford said, uh, you know, I I'm I've, I'm disappointed in my ability to carve out cap space. Your ability, the president and the GM, the guy doing that. I, I know their whole management team's a joke. It's not this year. It's been a bad show. Like it's it's Jimmy's team. Everybody else is just there for what reason? Just to fill out a business card. I don't know. Uh, listen, it, it has been a mess from top to bottom. You can't. It's tough to conclude. That's a show out there. Has <laughs> done a good job. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who that you was. know what? Uh, we talked about this earlier about uh, this Tanner Pearson situation that has gotten very, very ugly. So, what do you know about that? So what's going on? Uh, a lot of it's been reported already. He had uh, wrist surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, needed another one today. We'll need more in the future. And certainly right now, next season is not a given that he will make a full recovery. And from what I hear, very much his career is in jeopardy with a, uh, an infection. Really? Wow. It's like a, a surgeon made a mistake of some variety. Listen, uh, don't know. Okay. Don't know, but that's, yeah. what the, uh, that's why the PA is involved. Elliot reported that the PA, and this has happened on a couple occasions when guys are looking at uh, alternate serious uh, issues that maybe could cause you to believe that uh, your career could be in jeopardy. So that's a standard. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly when we're, we're, we're looking at a guy that, uh, is, he, is he 30 yet? He might have just turned 30. A legitimate, what, 20, 25 goal scorer? Yeah. Uh, another year on his deal, I believe, at uh, over $4 million. So at insurance, if you were to be done, pay him like a settlement type of thing? Who's insurance? I don't Pearson, like, however, he, he Pearson would need, I, I, I would believe that he would that there's a standard there's a standard in the NHL, but it, it wouldn't be anything near to a personal insurance policy on you. Right. Like there is PA insurance for a career ending, but the, the older you get, the less it is. Sure. For obvious reasons. Yeah. But I don't I don't think it would cover the potential for Pearson to look at his future earnings and say, well, you know, I'm a legitimate 25 goal scorer here and I maybe could have do it. I I can do it for another five or six years. That should be worth 5 million for another six or seven years. Mm -hmm. Okay. He might be walking away from a, a future of 30, $35 million. In which case lawsuits begin. Presumably. For sure. Which really, I found it interesting that Quinn Hughes would pipe up on this. Mm-hmm. He said... I got the ball rolling on the presser, on, I bet. On Friday, he said that I feel bad for him. Uh, it wasn't handled properly, and you know, it's not a really good situation he's got there, and hopefully he's going to be all right. That's what he said after the Vancouver's 5-4 loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning, according to the province's Patrick Listen, that's, Johnson. That's huge for a guy like that to step up and say, I, I don't like what I've seen so far. That... 
that just didn't that doesn't happen very often yeah that someone would again challenge the team mm-hmm. and that's what's going on and from a few people that I've talked to that are close in on that situation the players feel like they don't think that they're properly assessed in Vancouver really yes yeah wow that's an issue that's a big deal that's a big deal and I think that if you can read between the lines, maybe that's what Quinn's insinuating. Now, they did make major changes to their staff, mm. Vancouver. Recently? Or yes, recently. Or, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And they're, they've got that sports science guy. And um, I, again, I, I, I do believe that the players are questioning yeah. A lot of people. To me, that doesn't matter if the doctor is doing a good job or not, which may he may very well have got everything bang on and bad things happen. But the second the team doesn't or the players don't trust that person, unfortunately, it's just you need a new person. You know, there's a bajillion, well, I shouldn't say that, but there's plenty of good doctors out there. No reason to have a guy that makes people go, uh, I'm good, thanks. I, this yeah. is a, just a... S show. Yes. Do we want to play any of these other yeah. clips from Rutherford from the presser? Anything about Horvat interest you? Yeah. Let's let's hear what he had to say. We've we I believe have taken our best shot, and the contract that we have on the table for Bo right now, I think is a fair contract for what he's done up until this year. But it's certainly under market value for what he's done this year. So we're. <laughs> You know, we're in a pickle here, okay? <laughs> he He's had a career year, career run, and he's looking for his money. He deserves it. I don't blame him. But even with what we have on the table for him now, without any changes, which we know whether it's through buyouts or something, there will be changes for next year, um, we're well over the cap on the projection. <laughs> That's bleak, man. That's how things work usually. You get when you have a superstar who's having a great year, you get to pay him on what he was before the great year. That's how that, it's always that is worked. A very funny. That's how it's, it's always a fair contract worked. for what he's done prior. You're, you're, you're right to what he's doing. You're right until they don't think he's a superstar. What are you, what are you saying? Yeah, they don't think he's a superstar. They don't think he's a star. No. But guess who thinks he is? For sure they don't. And wants to get paid like one. And, and even if he doesn't will. think he is, guess who has earned the right to get paid like one? The guy who's playing like one. Bingo. And that's that's it in a nutshell. They don't think he's, he's the player elite. The sh- yeah, they don't think he's a good passer too. They don't think it's seven million or eight million or whatever he's going to cost nine million that they're going to get this year on repeat. If they could get this year on repeat, they'd probably pay the money for it. But they don't believe that they'll get this again. And they just picked JT Miller when it was all said and done over him. That's what they did. I think he said something like that contract isn't going to affect what the Canucks do down the road or something like that. He said the cap's going up to 90, 95 million, which is some sort of comment to make about a contract that already looks like it's stifling them. Um, but it is going to affect them in the next immediately. five months. Immediately. That's what they can do. Well, if, they're, if that's what he's saying about the contract, then you have to trade him next week. It's just... You have to get the... Don't you? Like, don't you? If you... Like, the, he's coming out to the media. He's saying what he just said there. Yeah. He like said we're clear, not going to get him. They, they, they're they not going to get him over-offering him. He's not staying. We have no cap space. 
how are you not trying to maximize the value? Like the earlier you trade them, you get a longer stretch with them. Isn't but, wouldn't but, he be more valuable now than at the deadline? And he could get settled. He is. might get hurt playing every night. Like yeah, but there's no market for him right now. None. No. Well, I don't know. You could you can go to Boston and say, let's do a deal, but you need the pressure from other teams to come into play right now, and it's still there, there's too early. There, it's too early. They. Why don't we talk about him for the Leafs? Cap space, right? Teams need to build cap space. The later you go to the trade deadline, the more you have to play with. Yep. And teams aren't ready to compete for Bo Horvat just yet. Yeah. I mean, do you think he'd be a fit with Toronto? Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't early, but I do now. Yeah. And I just think I didn't like Tavares against Bergeron. Yeah. I didn't. Who would? But the idea is you hope Bergeron has to play against Matthews and that line can beat the the Marchand line. So, you know, I've heard people say... Oh, my advantage you doesn't gotta gu- go. guarantee you that, though. That's right. your your last change. Well, it, they did want to match up against, uh, was it Marner and Tavares, it looked like, out of the gate. But, like, if you want to beat the best to be the best and go through whatever, go through Mordor to get where you're going, Matthews and Marner are going to play together and they have to beat Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak. They do. Great. They got to beat that line. Spectacular. Not impossible. Um, They're very good. Just a quick note. Uh, David Pasternak, three more points today. Gives him 12 points in his last six games. His contract. His uh, next contract. 11 goals wild. in his last 12 games, by the way. I'm sorry, 11 goals in his last 10 games. <laughs> <laughs> On fire. Unbelievable. What a player. All right. Do you want to do on he, the if chain? He, if, if, he wants, if he wants to reset the market, he's he might have to leave there. Pasternak. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... Not many Boston, places that can pay, though. Who, Boston, no one has cap space Boston's anywhere. Boston's got a history of... Stupid cap. Of of getting guys on pretty good discounts. I don't yeah. think he's going to buck the trend. You don't think he's going to buck the trend? Uh, probably not. I mean, if he takes McDavid's number, that's a discount for Boston. McDavid's number? 13? 12 and no, a half. 12 and a half. I don't, I don't think he's going to... Get twelve and a half from Boston. Pasternak's mayor. Sorry, uh, Panarin's making eleven six. Pasternak's what? Yeah, significantly better. Yeah, I th- I think that if Boston wants to keep him, they're going to have to do what Colorado did with McKinnon and just go up a hundred grand over the highest paid winger, which is Panarin, eleven point seven or something. Yeah, and do you think they're willing to do that, Kipper? I don't know. That's a great question because they just got. McAvoy on a long term. Did they not for six years? <laughs> When's Felino done? That they, money's got to. They you. also after the game, like literally, they he must have signed it as he skated off the ice. They gave Zaka a new deal. Yeah, that's a big one, eh? Zaka four years times four point seven five. Like it was legitimately. I was still stewing after them losing, and then it was the, I saw Frank Cervelli tweeted out that they had signed him to that. That surprises Bunting me. likes to hear that. Oh my God. Why Does he ever can't be I don't know. I mean Oh that number. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh what's what 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 are his numbers? I can He's got five you. goals. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah Bunting's really excited now. <laughs> twenty five twenty five points in forty two games so far this season for Pavel Zaka. Twenty five and forty two? Yeah. Two hundred and four points in four hundred and twenty eight career games. What do you have last year? 50, he had 36 and 70 dash 21 with the Devils. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Now you tell Ka-ching. me. Now tell me how Bunting's going to get less than him. No, it's that's a that is truly a, uh, that's the McKayev contract. That's what he just got. I think mm-hmm. that's almost exactly the McKayev contract. Yep. That's uh, that makes Agent uh, Bunting extremely happy. Man, so like even Rutherford saying the cap's going to go up to ninety ninety five. It's like okay, in five years, like. You know, these deals still register next yeah, season. It's gonna take a, it's gonna a hurt. while. It's gonna take a while still. Even if they bump up the cap three million next year. Yeah. Like it's for some teams it may make a difference here and there, but I don't know. It all depends on who's re upping and how much they want to take off of that. Mm-hmm. As much as they can, if I know humans. Well, if you're Austin, right? July. Mm-hmm. You have one more year, Adam. And hopefully his, uh, then there's 12, the cap jump. He's 11. What is he, 11 six? 11 six. Yeah. He'll look at whatever the Pasternak number is and be like, I'm better than that guy. So? He was good too Saturday. Yeah. Uh, but he needed a big goal in the third. That was it. Beyond cheeky, that little so I thought chip. I thought the... The home run he hit from the defensive zone to the offensive zone was more impressive than the goal. You loved it, eh? <laughs> Why? Because it was a flutter puck that had no momentum oh, on it. Oh, he got a lot on it. And he just shortened up, and he hit it all the way to the offensive zone, which led to a great forecheck by Marner. Yeah, and then he dangled Bergeron, uh, Lindholm. Lindholm, and the Vesna frontrunner, Allmark. Seen, but you like the baseball I've seen swing. guys do that. <laughs> A million times. I'm not sure I've ever seen somebody hit a home run from their <laughs> offensive zone to the defensive zone. Uh, you just mentioned it, too. Uh, the four check where Marner, Marner gets in oh. there and picks uh, Lindholm's pocket. Great support by Bunting, too, to be right there and then puts it on. And I love the ISO cam they had on Matthews. It was a great shot because he hits the home run and he's kind of he's hanging back a little bit. And the second he sees Marner win the puck battle, head down as hard as he can possibly skate, picks up the, the puck in the slot, and yeah. cheeky little tuck there for Mr. Matthews. It was nice to see him play well in a big game because I thought he was a, probably yeah. their best forward. I, and he is scoring more goals in tight. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But he's scoring less goals Total. from far. Why? <laughs> well, yeah, we he's got a nagging injury. injury yeah. He's got a back injury or something. Yeah. I, I only say back because uh, Matthews did have some comment about how it's something they need to manage. Yeah. For him, which I, I, uh, to me this is not me with any knowledge or anything. No, we got nothing. Wrist, still wrist, has to be. You got Tanner Pearson's doc or he's what? Not, he's not. He doesn't have the same zip. It's like a, it's watching a, a, a yeah. power pitcher take something off his fastball. He's he, the one thing that really stands out to me is I can't remember Fumbles a one timer that he's kaboomed. You know, like where he's opened up on, on a power play and just hammered one. I feel like a lot of near misses. A lot less smooth handling the puck. Hmm. Anyways, uh, Cowboys Buccaneers tonight, Kippy. Next yeah, rewards. You like, Would you, you like own? Tom? Love Tom. I don't know. It's a tough year for Tom with the divorce and all. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you something yeah. right now. No, hey, listen, that's part of it. Tom has never lost the Cowboys in his career. Cowboys Talk about pushing all, all your chips in. Tom... Tom's the man. Got divorced from a Super Bowl. You got to play my app tonight. Yes, tonight okay. I will. Next rewards. Next rewards. Which rewards owns it? All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Our thanks to Mike Fuda. Yes. Colby Armstrong from Chicklets Game Notes.
See, I got that right. Which you pooped all over. No, I did quite not literally. poop on it. I just don't know it. I don't know it as well as the real Kipper I bet and you Bourne took show. it to the pooper, the game notes. Thank you. Oh, I did. I did. I did. All right. This game's going to the, our show's going to the crapper. We're back tomorrow. Real Kipper and Bourne.